Bet365 sponsors the 1874 podcast and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live, with Bet365 Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to 1874 on The Athletic, the podcast that brings you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club every single week. Joined as ever by Greg Evans, hasn't actually been at the game for the first time in a long time, but has watched on TV like myself. And Greg, a really, really good display from Villa and a great result. Yeah, hi Dan, yeah. Um, as you say, a great result. Also a different perspective from me, you know, watching on the TV, something I haven't uh, done for a long time really from for, for, for a Villa game, so... Um, you know, didn't quite get the, the the full match day experience that you know you would have usually liked, but um, certainly a different way of watching it, and you, you pick up different things. I think when you watch it on the telly rather than at the game, and um, yeah, look, I mean, you know, the, the the overall picture, the overall takeaway was that it was a a very professional performance, and I mean, quite an easy one in the end. It was it was comfortable, wasn't it, after fifteen twenty minutes, um, and, and Villa never looked like turning back. So yeah, great start, first first time for. For a while, that they've won the first two Premier League games, so um, onwards and yeah, upwards. Yeah, 1999. So 1999 was the last time Villa started with two wins. Great. To, I know it's early days, but it's great to see us in fourth, like with having played a game <laughs> less than, than everyone else. That that feels very unVilla-like. I don't know. We've got a tough trip to Anfield coming on Sunday, but it feels like we're in a really good place at the moment, and there's still going to be work done on the squad. So overall, I think Villa fans have got every right to be quite happy, especially when you think about. How, how how many like dark moments we've had over the last few years? It does finally feel like the club's on the right track. Yeah, I was I was speaking to a couple of fellow journalists at the last game, and I was saying to them that my period covering Aston Villa is like 10, 11 years, um, and I feel like this is the most exciting period um, since covering the club. And you know that that's great for me. You know, I'm I'm loving writing and reporting on the club at the moment, and it, and it feels like there has just been. S- so many dark and depressing times um, covering this football club, and and in, in, I, I just never really knew, never really felt like Villa were heading in the right direction at any point. But it feels like they've turned the corner now. It feels like the resurgence at the back end of last season um, helped them kick on and, and and then obviously stay up. But it just feels also that you know the, the sixty odd days since um, the final day of the season that Villa have really put the pieces together. Um, to for what they believe will be a bright future, and it, it just feels like um, I'm saying it just feels like a lot here, but <laughs> it just feels like uh, you know, a very exciting period, and 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 yeah, obviously wins help that. Well, as Midlanders, I think we do down and depressing, depressing quite quite well. I, I know I do myself, but it is nice to be able to come on these things, go into games now, and you're looking forward to them, and you, you're getting half a feeling before you even start that you're going to be speaking about good things because. I, I thought we'd win today. I saw a few murmurs on social media in the hours leading up to the game that I'll oh, be typical Villa now to, to go and go and lose. But 
we're six unbeaten in the Premier League now when you take, in the, take into account the back end of last season as well. You know, it hasn't been too many times in the last decade where Villa have gone six unbeaten in, in the Premier League. There's, there's been some really bad times and I just feel like we, we're in the right direction and we made comfortable work of that game tonight. I'm not going to come on here and say that Fulham were any good because they weren't. I think they're going to be in for a long season. I, th- I think they're really, really going to struggle like, like West Brom, but Villa haven't always made light work of, of games like that, Greg, and they did tonight. Yeah, I, I was, you know, I've, I've watched all of Fulham's games and I thought they were they were dreadful tonight. I mean, I I, I can't think of a of a worse defensive performance for some time. They they were awful, absolutely awful. Um, the goals were coming. City on Sunday was quite bad. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean Scott Parker. To to be fair to him, obviously he's got to he's got to try and dress it up nicely and and front it up. But you know, he's he he mentioned correctly that. Other other clubs have, have are struggling defensively and, and are conceding a lot of goals and um, you know he, he's right but clearly he, you know he'll have serious concerns about that defence because it was it was atrocious it was so easy for Villa um, and to think Ollie Watkins has had one of those nights where just nothing has has gone for him um, I really think he's making a big difference actually to Villa I think that he's given them a, a new dimension and he's he, his hold up plays great he creates space for others. Um, and that's helping the midfielders flourish. But in front of goal today, it just weren't working for him, was it? You know, he's one of these guys that really critically analyses his own performances, and, and I know he'll be he'll be stewing over over it tonight. But yeah, it just didn't work. That header that went miles wide. There was a chance that he shot shot over the crossbar from after bringing you know after opening up. Um, a good opportunity for himself. Um, look, he's, he's just got to put that behind him and move on. He's doing a very good job for the team. So that, that's the bigger picture. But the fact that, look, I'm going back to the Fulham's struggles, the fact that Villa's you know, main striker had a, had a real off day and um, they still conceded three goals. It's a real worry for Fulham. Yeah, I mean, we saw last season for the majority of it, if you can't defend, you're going to find yourselves in, in massive trouble and Villa pretty much from the get-go they, they caused Fulham's defence problems. I mean, Scott Parker switched to a three at the back, which I can't remember Fulham having played too many times. I, I do always think when a manager goes to three at the back, it, it's a little bit panic stations, but most of their defenders that, that were playing, they were in the team for Fulham last time. They were in the Premier League and they weren't good enough then. So two, two years on, I don't think that they're good enough now. And we just pulled them all over the place. Watkins' movement it caused them problems. Like you say, he didn't get on the end of anything today, but he was just pulling people around all over the place. And that that first goal, the, the ball from McGinn and the movement from Jack, it was just too much for the Fulham defence, wasn't it? Well, yes and no. You know, I think I think that um, I think it was a doy. Was it Dennis Adoy who should have been marking? Who, who was marking uh, Grealish? And he just. When Grealish like, moved off him, he he almost moved forward and just sort of let him let him go. I, d- I don't know if he was trying to play him offside or, um, but look, it, it was poor defending. It was a great little clip ball over from McGinn, who I thought was brilliant. Um, yeah. A lovely run from from Grealish and a good finish. So, uh, you know, let, let's take the positives from 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 the Villa point of view rather than highlighting the negatives from Fulham's. For sure. um, and you know, I, I feel I feel like I'm I'm similar to you, Dan. You know, I'm watching, I'm going into the games now, and I'm I'm confident that they're going to win, or I'm confident they're going to put on a performance. Um, the defence just seems so tight; they they have a real desire to try and keep the ball out the net. Um, the the goal that was ruled out, you know, was was quite fortunate. I thought that Martinez had made a little bit of an error and punished for that. Yeah. You know, ha- hasn't made too many errors in the, since um, you know since getting his run as a Premier League player. Uh, in in 2020, but you know that was one that you know he wouldn't have been pleased with. 
Um, but um, but yeah, you know, I just I, I always feel confident now with Villa. The, the performance against Bristol City was sensational. You know, I, 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 that that sounds dramatic, but it, it really it really was that good. I can't remember. Um, a Villa performance with so with so much swagger and confidence, and and that was the reserve team. Yeah, you know, it, it just feels like there's a real togetherness now. It feels like um, every player is really fighting for his place and knows that when he gets that chance to play, um, that he's really ready to take it. Uh, and 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 you know, it's four wins in all competitions. And if Villa beats Stoke on Thursday in the Carabao Cup, they're onto the the quarterfinals already. And I mean, you know, yeah. can we start getting excited yet? I mean, I'm, I think you probably tell by my voice. I'm, I'm obviously quite excited, but I have definitely been hurt before by Aston Villa Football Club. So I do always try and curb it just a little. You've, you've touched on him and I know you've got a piece coming out on him. To, well, it'll be out probably by the time that this podcast out, but John McGinn, Villa needed him back to his, his best. He wasn't great against Sheffield United, but he just had all those little trademarks in his game tonight, all those traits where you thought, that's the McGinn that we haven't had for 12 months because for various reasons. Dean Smith said in his in his post-match press conference, he said that he thought that they'd got John McGinn back in the pre-season friendly against Man United. Um, so, so that's a real positive thing. You know, I, I interviewed McGinn after the, the West Ham result, uh, the West Ham game, the last game of the season. And he admitted then, he said, look, I've, been, I've only been playing at 80% because, um, you know, I'm, I'm coming back from these injuries, the broken ankle, the, the shin injury that he had. Uh, and he was short of match fitness and, it, and it's going to take some time. But to hear Smith say that he, he knew that McGinn was back to, you know, close to 100% in pre-season was really uplifting because definitely what we've seen of him tonight um, was the John McGinn of old. He, he was all over the place. He was um, playing like it was his last game on, on this earth, you know, charging up and down. There was a, there was a, I felt, I felt when Watkins missed, sort of missed time that header that could have put him through one-on-one, I felt, I felt that if he'd yeah. have got that ball to him, he'd have gone on, stuck that in um, and, and topped off a real, a really, truly sparkling performance because you know he had two assists early on in the, in the first 15 20 minutes there was that moment where he left Joe Bryan looking like a complete mug doing the Marseille roulette on him that uh, you know the great the great Zinedine Zidane would have marvelled at that I'm sure um, you know obviously the player that that started off that move but you just feel like he's back to his best now and to produce little moments of magic like that um, go a long way to to, to add into his performances I mean, it was an absolute certainty that he was going to have some productivity tonight because I took him out of my fantasy football team. So everyone I took out of my <laughs> fantasy football team this week has, has had an absolute storm. But just a, a little peek behind the curtain here, something as much that I want to know as maybe some of the readers want to know and some of the listeners as well. You've obviously written a piece on on John McGinn. Have you, pla- have you planned that around? Like, if he'd have had a bad game, would you have still wrote about John McGinn? Well, I'll let you into a little secret. The first two, the first two games of the season, I'd planned to write about the the players that I actually uh, ended up writing about. So I went into the okay. uh, Sheffield United game planning to write about Emiliano Martinez. It just so happened that he saved a penalty. So I went a little bit more deeper into it. Oh, yeah. Probably got a bit lucky. Yeah. Um, against Bristol City, I planned to write about Bertrand Traore. What does he do? Steps up and scores a wonder goal like that. So that was another one written, ready written. Um, and tonight, really, I didn't really have a plan. It was kind of like I thought... Um, you know, w- w- watch the game, see what happens. I-, I felt that I had an idea in my head that if Villa win, I knew sort of like the tone that I wanted to take with my with my um, match piece. But um, basically, how it works is we just have a conversation with, with our editors, and 
um, try and pick out something unique or something different about about the game, maybe that other people won't go too much into detail about. Uh, and we just thought that you know McGinn's performance coupled with that that brilliant bit of skill was something that we could go a little bit deeper into. So hopefully those of you listening will, will enjoy the written piece as well. Probably a good time to mention that if you do want to read Greg's piece on McGinn and all his other excellent work, if you go to theathletic.com slash villapod, you'll be able to sign up for £1 a month for a limited time only. So it's probably worth doing that at the moment to take advantage of the time where Greg's getting to write positive piece after positive piece, because as I've said, we've all been hurt before and we know these things don't last forever. Greg McGinn got the assist for the second goal as well. I'm not sure he meant it but let's just say he did because we're, we're all in a good mood but it was Conor Harahan who swung one in on, on his right foot his first goal of the season I think it's his first goal in the Premier League since, since Boxing Day actually someone that battles and battles wants to be in the team wants to stay in the team played really well again tonight and he's, he's, he's got his goal Greg and an assist yeah, yeah, did 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 a good job, didn't he? You know, just um, kept things ticking over, moved the ball quite quickly, and and just played his part in a, in a very dominant sort of midfield performance. Um, obviously, very pleasing for him to get a goal, as will as it would be with any player. Um, you know, but those sort of attacking type midfielders are, are judged by their goals and assists. And I mean, he was on the mark again today, so you know, a, a real positive. Um, for all the midfielders, obviously Grealish on the score sheet um, did very well yeah. to, to, to instigate the second goal as well. I felt um, and, and and young Jacob Ramsey coming on for his for his Premier League debut, you know, a really really proud moment for uh, a local lad, and it's 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 really positive actually for Villa's academy because um, you know the, the the one example that they've constantly had to refer to at Aston Villa is Jack Grealish and you know the academy for as good as Jack, for as good as Jack Grealish is the academy can't dine out on his name forever um no. and now to see Jacob Ramsey putting in a really dominant performance against Bristol City and then getting his chance to take that into the Premier League is really pleasing um you know I'm 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 really happy for him I'm happy that Dean Smith's given him that chance um, and look, you know, there's nothing better really, is there, than a player coming through the academy and performing for the first team. So let's hope that's the the first of, of, of many appearances for him. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a few years, isn't it, until we see the the seeds of the academy so that they're, they're, the stuff they're working on at the moment behind the scenes it's not going to be instant but I mean you did a piece on the, the academy I can't remember if it was last week or the week before there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes but we probably won't see the fruits of that labour for another few years Greg yeah look it's it's a work in progress isn't it you know Chris, Christian Perslow the CEO has been um uh, very influential in in improving the academy. Obviously, Nasif Suarez and uh, who was who was at the game tonight, and and uh, Wes Edens, the the, the co owners are, are are big into it as well. But what we've got to remember is they've only been in charge for two years, and although everything has gone right for the first team, to completely rip up the academy and start again, it, it takes four or five years because you you have to try and sign the best, you have to try and sign the best players at sort of age 14, 15, 16 and then hope to develop them in the next two years so that they're ready for, you know, for men's football when they get to 18 and 19, whether that's a loan spell um, or or a gradual um, introduction into the, you know, the, the Villa first team. Um, and then also it's, it's been very important for Villa to try and lock off the local area and, and try and get youngsters of, 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 you know, six, seven, eight, nine, um, into Villa ahead of West Bromwich Albion, who were the leading academy in this in this region previously. You know, Villa have um, taken a very strategic and deliberate um, recruitment approach in, in taking the the um, the best performing staff members from West Brom 
uh, and integrating them into the into the Aston Villa academy. But as you say, it takes a while to to put these plans in, to put these processes in, um, you know, and, th- and then get the results. So it's something that we you know we need to keep an eye on. The under twenty three team have struggled so far, but we can't necessarily judge. We can't necessarily judge the results. It doesn't matter so much about results. Yes, they want to win, but it's all about the development. They'll probably be one of the youngest under twenty three side, um, you know, in, in the country that, that is packed with 16, 17, 18 year olds. Um, and the under 18s are doing very well. You know, Lamar Bogard, uh, who, who I'd mentioned, is, is very highly rated. He made his debut uh, on Sunday, scored an assisted one. So another name to keep an eye on. He's only 16 years old. Wouldn't it be great if every clothing store you shopped at had only your size, the styles you like, and everything at the price you want? Well, Stitch Fix is a company focused on doing just that. It's an online personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love simple. It's a completely different way to shop, and it's all about you. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk slash athletic and you can set up your profile. They'll deliver great looks personalised just for you. You'll pay a £10 styling fee for each fix, which is credited towards anything you keep. Schedule it at any time with no subscription. Delivery and returns are completely free and easy, so you can always send back the items that aren't right for you. Get started with Stitch Fix today by going to stitchfix.co.uk slash athletic right now. And I know we can't dine out on Jack Grealish as an academy prospect together, but... Obviously, watching him play is an absolute joy. Just delving a little deeper into that first goal. It took him a while to get off the mark last season. Maybe, not I say a while, it was probably only five, six, seven games. But he spoke himself about how it was a slow start to the season for him last season. To get off the mark in the, in the second game and, and play so well, I thought in the first half he, he was absolutely at his imperious best. How much of a boost will that be for him to just get off the mark early? It's kind of a monkey off his back, isn't it, scoring so early on in the season? Yeah, definitely. I, I remember remember interviewing Grealish on his birthday last year, which was middle of September, so you know around about this time. Um, and he was four or five games in. Yeah, I think they just had the the unfortunate incident at Crystal Palace where the goal was ruled out. Um, you know, and he was a judge to have dived and um, etc. We all, we all know what happened there. But he, he said he said to me, he goes, I, I usually take four or five games, maybe a little bit longer, to to settle into the season. Um, I think what has benefited him is the the short turnaround, probably the fact that the season finished quite late. He was in real good form. Um, he's only had a very short, well, the whole team have only have had a very short period to prepare for this season. So they're you know they're, they're match fit basically as soon as as soon as pre season starts really. Um, and, and he's and he's hit the ground running to to get the goal will be a huge boost. I think you saw the look on his face, didn't you? He. There are times where Jack Grealish has scored and he's he's sort of reacted quite coolly and almost as if, yeah, and what, you know, I've scored again. But today he looked genuinely happy that he'd scored and I presume the fact that he's now off the mark would have been sort of the leading force in his emotions there. Um, and yeah, you know, it's going to be the first of many, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully. I think he's got to be looking for, for double figures this year. I think another piece of glee for him was the fact that it was his good pal McGinn that had got him got <laughs> him the assist. He seems to really enjoy the fact that it was McGinn that had chipped the ball through to him. There's another international break coming up. So we've got Liverpool on Sunday and then there's an international break coming up. Do you think he's going to be in the England squad again? Well, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because we don't know what's going to happen with Mason Greenwood, for example, first. Um, who yeah. was ahead of him previously. Marcus Rashford's now back fit, who was ahead of him also. 
I don't think he could have done anything more in in the in the two games that he's played this season, um, right. and against Burton, you know, in, in the yeah, club, he was brilliant against Burton. He was unbelievable against them. You know, what I mean, okay, it's it's a League One side, so he should be ripping it up, but he, he was like a man possessed that night. So yeah, I mean, look, if Gareth Southgate was at the Sheffield United game watching, um, he, he wasn't brilliant, but um, you know, he couldn't have done much more. I don't think, to be honest. So. Yeah, it's it's down to Gareth Southgate, isn't it? You know, it's a, we'd always have him in the England team. Where, you know, of we course. think that he, he would do something different. You know, we see the the genuine value that he's got in his play, um, how good he is, and and how he can change a game. And and I do firmly believe there aren't there aren't any players like him. You know, that 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 have got that ball carrying qualities from from midfield, and um, you know, how brilliant he is at dribbling, and and he's good for goals now. He scores goals, he changes games, but. You know, Southgate's got guys ahead of him, so it's just down to whether whether those guys return, I suppose. Yeah, I'd love to delve into Southgate's mind and, and know what he's thinking around Jack. I mean, like another forward who's on, he was absolute fire, you know, he's Dominic Calvert-Lewin, so he, yeah. how they're going to squeeze him in as well. So It's good that there's the options, I suppose, for, for England at the end of the day, but from with the Villa hat on, we want to see Jack not only in the squad, we, we want to see him playing because, as you say, we see him every week. We know how good he is. Another England player got on the score sheet in Tyrone Mings. Now, we lamented a little bit last season that there wasn't players chipping in from elsewhere because obviously we had our issues up front, but we weren't really getting the goals from the centre-halves and things like that. Contra and Mings have now scored in, in so Contra scored in the first game, Mings in the second game. So it feels early on that people are going to are going to chip in with goals. Do you, th- do you think it's important that Villa get that centre back that gets somewhere between four and five goals, like, like they had when Martin Larson was there? You could always rely that you might knock one in from a corner, and it's just good to have that that goal productivity all over the pitch, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I think the, I think centre backs are, do, are doing really well. You know, Ezra Conza's developing into um, a really classy centre half. I've, I've, I've rated and, and and raved on about Mings a lot. Um, think he had his ups and downs last season, but after the restart, thought he was very solid and, and he started the season very well as well. So he almost had two today, didn't he? He had a, he had another one that's, um, that, that went over the bar. So I think Villa have been working heavily on set pieces and. They seem to be getting a lot of joy from it, which which is really good to see. And, you know, not only are, are the two defenders, Konza and Mings, doing a job defensively, you know, they're also a, a source of goals, aren't they? And they seem to be a threat whenever they go up there. So, yeah, look, you know, to, to have to have that defender, you know, someone like Chris Samba who, who chop, chop, chips in with goals. And there's been a few over the years, hasn't there, a, a defenders in the Premier League that score a lot of goals. And yeah, John Terry, of course. And I think Craig Dawson made a bit of a habit of scoring a few for West Brom and Watford at times. So, yeah, there are the, there are players out there and if Phil have got them in the squad, even better. How much of an impact is, is Craig Shakespeare making, Greg? I don't know whether you know specifically what he works on as a coach, but since he's come in, is he responsible for any subtle changes that we might not have noticed? Yeah, look, this this is something I'm working on, actually. I'd like to do a piece on this when I, when I know a little bit more. So so right now, you know, it's, it's me sort of delving into it and just trying to find out a bit more at the moment. It's, it's early days, but there are some, there are positive sounds coming out of Villa. And I think sometimes players, they just need like, they like an extra voice, do you know? I mean, or a new voice and with new ideas yeah. and, and fresh impetus and um, I think that's what Shakespeare will bring he's obviously a you know very um, experienced and, and, and respected coach and manager so 
what he will bring will be just just a new voice and some new ideas. His actual methods and, and what he's put into place, I couldn't tell you right now, but it's something I'm trying to find out a little bit more on. So maybe that is one of the, the factors of, of Villa improving this season, but I can't say categorically just yet. I mean, I'll, I'll look forward to reading that piece if, if it ever says the light of day. That, that, that would be really interesting. Admittedly, Fulham were, were poor tonight, but... Villa played a number of poor sides last season and, and didn't come out with anything or ended up being just, just as bad themselves. How nice is it to have a, a comfortable game? Because as a Villa fan, I can't remember the last time I sat through 90 minutes and just purely enjoyed a game without anything to worry about. <laughs> well, that, that's how I, I felt on... Um, uh, when was it? Thursday. On Thursday at Bristol City, you know, I was I watched that game and I just I thoroughly enjoyed watching Villa play. I thought they were brilliant. Um, and had a bit of a swagger about them. And, and yeah, I suppose tonight was the same, really. Getting those two early goals immediately takes the pressure off. And then they, they looked good on the counter-attack, didn't they? They were sort of able yeah, to sit good. deep and just allow Fulham to come at them. But every time they got forward, they looked like they were going to cause problems and and, and be a goal threat. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's just it's good to watch, isn't it? It's, it's nice to watch. And I think it's going to be a very different game on Sunday against Liverpool. Um, but I think... The, the pressure's off Villa, isn't it? You know, Leeds have given them a good. Leeds have given them a run for their money. Scored three against them, which shows there are some vulnerabilities there if you can get at them. Um, and I think that Villa, Villa, you know, Villa have won four out of four games this season. They're flying so high, as you say, that they're on the back of a six-game unbeaten run in the Premier League now, running into last season. So they'll they'll be going into that game thinking that they can do it, and. Um, Hopefully, it will be another enjoyable and exciting one to watch. So Villa didn't disgrace themselves against Liverpool either time that they played them last season. They were, they were narrow defeats, both of them. Quite a late one at Anfield and a very, very late one at Villa Park. Dean Smith, we know, likes to work on specific plans, Greg. I'm not for one minute suggesting that Villa can go to Liverpool, go against Liverpool and turn them over, but we can give, we can give them a scare and we can cause them problems, can't we? Yeah, as you mentioned, I think they did that in both of the last games. I think Liverpool, when you when you look back um, at last season's title winning season, a lot of Liverpool fans will say that one of the real key defining moments um, of their of their campaign was turning it around at Villa Park and scoring those two goals in the last minute to win two one. Um, you know what might have happened if Villa have held on to that win? Um, who knows? But clearly they 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 got un, they got in they got under their skin and that day and got into them. Um, at Anfield, I thought it was a a, a slot, not quite as good a performance as, as the one at home, but again, still caused plenty of problems and and had some really good chances. So they'll they'll fancy it. They'll fancy they'll fancy themselves to to to, to give them a run for the money. I, I think it will probably be one one step too far. I can't see um, a way that Villa beat Liverpool, but. Oh Lord, if they do, what you know, what what are we in for this season? I was going to say we've seen some real funny results already, especially the the weekend just gone. But the pre- the pressure's off Villa. That's that's the thing at the moment. Villa have been a side that for maybe three four years have just played with constant pressure, and that's difficult. You can't play your natural game every week when you've got that kind of pressure on your shoulders about which league you're going to be in, getting promoted, getting relegated. But at the moment, the players have got that bit of freedom that they just won't have had for four years, and it, it is a massive thing, isn't it? Huge. They're, pl- they're playing with so much confidence. You can see, and 
they'll be looking forward to games now. They'll be they'll be just be rolling into them. The training will be better. Um, there'll be smiles around Bodymore Heath every day. They'll be genuinely excited about each and every game. Um, and every player's getting a little bit of a look in at the moment because of the cup run that's continuing. So it's a, it's a really positive time. You know, I said at the start of the show that I feel like it's the most positive time, uh, most positive period in, in, in about a decade. And um, I'm sure the people inside Bodymore Heath and Villa Park will be thinking the same too. Time now to tell you a little bit about our sponsors, Harry's. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. And they've now released their sharpest ever blades and added a new lubricating strip for an even closer, more comfortable shave. The best part, they haven't raised the prices, so replacement blades are still as little as £1.75 each. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five blade brands. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. As a listener of 1874, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover. Just go to harrys.com slash 1874 right now. That's harrys.com slash 1874. Well, just to finish off, we're playing well. We've got a little bit of competition for places already, but I don't think Villa's business is going to be done. I know you're not one massively for transfer gossip, and I know it's not really something that The Athletic does. But what are you expecting to see with just under a week left? Well, look, in, in, in a perfect market, in a perfect window, Villa will still get another forward and, and a midfielder. And possibly, I mean, I, I don't, th- I can't see this now, to be honest, but maybe another defensive reinforcement. Um, that's in an absolute ideal window, three more incomings. But what I would, what I think will happen is that they will either get Ross Barkley or, or Ruben Loftus-Cheek on loan. Um, you know, that that's something that they're really pushing for now, um, either, either of the two Chelsea players. And... Um, that will solve the midfield issue um, and, and, and give Villa more backup. And then they'll also get a forward as well. You know, that, I, I think that they will go, you know, they'll go quite strong towards the end and try and get a forward in. So let's, uh, um, if they do that, you know, if, if they do get, if they get Barkley in, for example, who I think it will be a brilliant addition and then get a forward um, as well as sort of backup for Watkins or, you know, an alternative option for him. Um, I think it's time to really get excited about the season. Yeah, I mean they've got they've got to get a forward in absolutely. Davis and Watkins, the only two fit forwards until, until Wesley comes back. They've got to learn lessons from last season. It would be it's been a good window and a window I'm very happy with. But I would be disappointed if we didn't learn lessons from twelve months ago and we didn't get that extra striker in. And I think as well, squad depth wise, they're certainly missing another option as as a number eight because I think the midfield three picks itself at the moment. And if you get an injury suddenly like last season with McGinn, I think the club would be in in a little bit of trouble. So I'm going to say we're going to get two in before the end of the window and, and you think two, possibly three. Yeah, as I say, the, the striker and the midfielder are the key. Um, you know, Josh King sitting on the bench for Bournemouth at the moment. I think he would certainly improve Villa and, and add more squad, um, more depth to the squad. So that might be a potential option. And I, I know there are other clubs um, interested in him. You know, Tot- Tottenham also want a striker as well. So Villa are competing with other teams, but I, I feel like if they, if they really, really want to, they'll get it done. Greg, it's been great to chat to you. Always good to chat about three points to Villa. Greg and myself will be back next week to talk about the end of the transfer window and obviously the game against Liverpool as well. Hopefully there'll be further good news for us to discuss. Thanks to all you guys as well who are tuning in and reading Greg's pieces on The Athletic as well. We all really, really appreciate the support and we're all enjoying representing The Athletic. Greg, have a good rest of the week at work. 
let's get some transfer stories done up the villa. <laughs> 